Dennis Zarrell, and this week we are sponsored by Abode Real Estate, your professional real estate advisors in Colorado Springs and Teller County, the historic Butte Theater in Cripple Creek, Colorado, bringing you the best productions in the United States, and Peak Washing LLC, the pressure washing professionals for that dirty job. Well, it sure has been a busy week here in Teller County. Lots of things going on at the moment. We've got the Ice Festival going on, art shows, and a few other things happening as well. But uh, I'll tell you what, I went to the Ice Festival last weekend, the opener in Cripple Creek, and man, oh man, what a turnout. So I'm very happy for Cripple Creek because it looks like this is going to be a gigantic success. And uh, you've got until the weekend to check out all the carvings and the artwork that's going on. But in the Bear Cave today, we also have a few things going on, namely our guest today who was going to come into the Bear Cave, but, you know, stuff happens. And uh, nonetheless, marketing director for the Rocky Mountain Vibes, Kay Goodell, will be on the Bear Cave hotline and we'll be talking about some baseball. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And it's been a while since we've talked some vibes baseball, and uh, maybe we can get her into the cave at some time next month. And uh, if we're lucky, Diego, that 14er dog, will come along with her. But we're looking forward to that. Next week, we have Michael Lindsay from the Gold Camp Association coming into the Bear Cave, and we'll be discussing the good works that that organization does. And then on March 7th, we have Tammy Lowell coming into the Bear Cave for the Oyate Herbals Health Talk. And as I mentioned before, this will be a monthly segment with Tammy, and we are super happy that she's now part of the Bear Cave family, so we're looking forward to that. We're still working on a couple other guests for March, but we do know that on March 28th, Keller County Assessor Carol Kittleson and our title sponsor Josh Dorsey will be coming into the Bear Cave for a roundtable discussion about real estate, property taxes, all kinds of other subjects that could affect us here in Keller County and in the state of Colorado as well. I know that people are concerned about what's happening with property taxes and property-wise, not only here in Teller County, but uh, like I mentioned before, in the state of Colorado. So that's going to be a very interesting and informative show that week. So we're excited and uh, honored to be able to host that discussion. But uh, on to the weekly madness. And the first story that caught my eye, of course, was Sniffy Joe's surprise visit to the Ukraine to see the godfather Volodymyr Zelensky. And, of course, Sniffy pledged another $460 million to help the Ukrainians oust Vlad the Impaler and all his toy soldiers. It has been a year since Vlad the Impaler decided to roll into Ukraine in what we all thought was going to be a cakewalk for the Russians. But as we know, it has been anything but a cakewalk as the Ukrainians and the rest of our NATO allies have pretty much handed Vlad one ass kicking after another. So it's anybody's guess how much longer this frivolous attempt to reunite Mother Russia to its former glory is actually going to go on. But uh, boy, I think the rest of the world just wants it over with and uh, want Vlad gone. But 
getting back to Sniffy, the real kicker about this trip wasn't the fact that he visited Ukraine. Oh no, it was good old Cruella Taylor Green and her rantings. She just couldn't help herself. Her latest crusade as she lobbies to be the Donald's running mate, along with uh, her continual leg humping of Kevin McCarthy, she is calling for Sniffy Joe's impeachment because of his continued support of Ukraine and for traveling to meet the Godfather without notifying the House beforehand. Well, first of all, I don't recall any president that was announcing secret visits to Iraq or as Krakistan or any of those places. So going to Ukraine from Poland where he was visiting, it's not a surprise to me, but uh, nonetheless, Corella raises all kinds of hell about it. And uh, did you see what she said this week as well? She says, we want a divorce between red and blue. Now, let me get this right, Cruella. You want the blue states to secede from the United States and become their own whatever. Oh, my God, this woman has lost her mind. And she got crap from both sides, not only the uh, Democratic side, but the Republican side for the comments that she's making. So it looks like she's really making that attempt to be Donald's number two. If he makes it through the primaries, yet to be seen, because there's a lot of candidates who are starting to throw their hats into that ring. But getting back to Cruella, this is what she said. Joe Biden will be impeached. Ukraine is not the 51st state. We are in over $34 trillion in debt. Borders are invaded daily by thousands and Americas have been poisoned in East Palestine. Enough. Impeach Joe Biden. Now, she may have a point here. Like, yep, I just said that. Last April, Member Sniffy delivered some remarks to Congress requesting additional funding to support Ukraine. He explained during his teleprompter speech that the United States exhausted funds allocated for Ukraine and basically saying that we're out of money. And then he requested a supplemental budget from Congress in order to sustain Ukraine in its fight against Vladimir Paler. And at that time, he asked for an additional 30 billion to provide military and, and uh, humanitarian assistance. And in May, the House approved, I think it was nearly $40 billion in additional aid, which was a lot more than Sniffy asked for. So between January and November of last year, $48 billion in aid went to Ukraine. $48 billion. So she has called for an audit of the funds to the Godfather, along with other Republicans who are against sending U.S. military aid. And if you remember, she rattled on about, we're not going to send another dime to the Ukrainians under the Republican leadership. Well, so much for that, Krilla. But now she can really sink her teeth into Sniffy's backside because he just announced that the United States taxpayer would be funding pensions in Ukraine. Yep, he just made that announcement. He did it on television. Wait a minute. So now I'm paying pensions to Ukraine when people in the United States don't have pensions themselves? Oh boy. You know, I'm going to say it. I have to agree with Cruella that Ukraine is not the 51st state. But if this is indeed true, like was reported on some media outlets, then yes, she should be fired up about it. And Joe should be fired right away. But you never know with Cruella or what's going to fly out of that mouth hole. You just don't know, right? But why in the hell would we support pensions to a allegedly corrupt country when Americans can't pay for food, can't pay for housing or medical due to Sniffy and his band of jokers policies? What the hell? Is it me or are we all screwed by the elected idiots from the national level all the way down the line on both sides of the aisle? My God. You know, and people wonder why I'm not affiliated with any of these fools. Yeah, no thanks. I'm done with uh, parties. Don't want anything to do with them. But I think the strategy for the report 
Republicans is that at the moment, articles of impeachment are really the only tool the Republicans have to force the White House to take any kind of action. And I'm not even going to start talking about the border this week. I mean, there really is no middle ground anymore, is there? But in the meantime, mask-wearing socialist Bernie Sanders, he's gouging customers on his book tour. Yep, good old Bernie is back. Yep, old Bernie, you're such a good socialist that you're benefiting from capitalism while promoting socialism. And here's the kicker. Comrade Bernie is hawking his tickets for his new book tour for nearly $100 on Ticketmaster. (laughs) And some of the stuffs are even more. I guess they kind of fluctuate depending upon where you're at. They can be anywhere from $40 to over $100. Yep, nothing like benefiting from a so-called anti-competitive site like Ticketmaster always says they are. But does the mass socialist admit it? Hell no. No, he's blaming the bookseller and then claiming that tickets for another event are less expensive, saying, uh, well, first of all, those decisions are totally made by the publisher and the bookseller. I think there's one case where in some place here in Washington, politics and prose, an independent bookseller, yeah, they're charging tickets somewhere between $40 and $50. And then you get a book as well. Oh, my God. Isn't that still benefiting from capitalism and people buying the book and tickets? Well, I guess doing business with Ticketmaster just doesn't count in Bernie's mind, right? But there is some good news for Bernie. Maybe he can buy a hairbrush with all that money so he can stop using a balloon to comb his hair. Yep, that's what all this nonsense has come down to. But there's also some good news. At least you don't have to listen to breaking news from Don Lemon in the mornings anymore. At least not for the uh, foreseeable future. So I'm guessing that uh, maybe Dandy Don and Whoopi Goldberg can start another angry person show now that her contract is not being renewed. Yeah, even The View has had enough of her antics. Then again... Who in the hell actually gives a shit? Well, one thing I know that we do care about is coming up in our next segment, and that's a chat with Rocky Mountain Vibes Director of Marketing, Kay Goodell. So stick around. You know, moving can be stressful. I know. I've moved 13 times in 20 years and I've lived in four different states. When it finally came time to move back to Colorado, Woodland Park and Teller County were our target locations. But before I moved back home, I was looking for a real estate broker who understood and had experience with military families and knew the area well. I found Abode Real Estate and Joshua Dorsey. I called Josh right away and it only took 35 days to not only find our forever home, but to close and move into it. Josh understood exactly what we were looking for because he's a common sense person and knows a good deal from a bad one. He'll make every effort to make sure you get the home that you absolutely want and love. As your real estate advisor, Josh will focus on client satisfaction. His business is about service and he's not happy until you're happy. Whether it's finding you a home, finding the best loan, or helping you get the most out of selling your home, Josh is there to guide you. So if you're considering a real estate professional, give Josh a call today at 719-433-4773 or email him at joshua at csabode.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at C-S-A-B-O-D-E.com. I'm confident that you will be completely satisfied.
Welcome back to the Bear Cave. And right now, my next guest, who is no stranger to the Bear Cave, we were hoping to get her in here today, but uh, there's that work thing that takes precedence over everything. But it's the director of marketing for the Rocky Mountain Vibes, Kay Goodell. Kay, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Man, it's been a while since we've talked last. It has. It's finally almost baseball season. I can see the grass in the fields. It's, it's close. Oh, uh, now you're teasing me. <laughs> well, we've been trying to talk some baseball. The closer we get, it's like, I don't want to talk about hockey anymore. Let's talk about some baseball. Then it's like, yeah, we don't have a whole lot to talk about, but we have been keeping up with all the posts and you guys have been busy this off season. Uh, we have, we have put in some serious work on kind of every aspect, especially the team side this um, off season. So it's going to be really different out here this coming year. Explain how all that kind of works because, you know, you have events going on throughout the year. You had a lot of Christmas stuff and New Year's and all kinds of things going on. So what are you doing? You're getting ready, obviously, for the season, but take us through that whole routine. Yeah. Um, so me personally, I'm kind of setting all the, the daily promos, the theme nights, the fun stuff and getting ready to transform the ballpark for when we do all these different nights, lay down the fireworks and the, the kids days, all those fun things. Um, but also we've, we've restructured the entire team side. We're signing a lot of new guys. We have a new manager coming in and yeah, everything's looking different. <laughs> so let's talk about the manager for just a sec. I think everybody was anticipating the same crew coming back, but uh, in minor league baseball, things are, they're very fluid as well, but you got a big time manager that's uh, going to be with us this year, right? Yeah. We've got Les Lancaster. He's coming down. Um, a lot of people might remember him from back in the Cubs days. He pitched there for about seven years, I think. And then he was recently last season was the pitching coach for Ogden Rapids. And now he's going to come over and take over here. It's funny how that Ogden and Raptor connection happened because I, I recall the last of the season, there were a couple of trades from Ogden, if I'm not mistaken, that came over to the Vibes, right? Yeah. Yep. And then, yeah, he's already jumped in and brought on a lot of these new signees that we have posting every day. So he's dedicated and he's ready to, to make some changes. Well, tell us about some of the guys that uh, have been signed so far this year. I've, I noticed there's been a few pitchers. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot, a lot of pitchers, um, a lot of them that have had affiliation experience. So a couple guys from past Mariners, Brewers, Marlins. Um, we had two Taiwanese pitchers sign with us this week that are anticipating to be really good. We have a lot of guys coming. <laughs> Taiwanese? I mean, like they came from Taiwan to play here? Um, yeah. So they were in the system for a little bit. One of them, Danny, was with the Mariners for a while. Not really that long, but coming back into us and um, seeing where it goes. Talk about an international team. That's kind of what you guys are building right now, it looks like. Yeah, we, we really do. It's pretty well-rounded out there. <laughs> so as the season progresses, I, th I think because there was such momentum going on the second half of last season, I think everybody is kind of pumped up and looking forward to uh, to this year. How are things changed from last season and say this season? There's got to be a, a different type of philosophy, I think, right? Yeah, um, I've really tried to go through how things have worked out in the past and the past season as well, especially and see what kind of would be new and exciting. So I've really changed a lot of things. So our days of the week promos are all changing. Of course, those fireworks. Fridays and the fun theme nights are gonna stay as they always have been. Um, one thing that I think is going to be the most exciting for people is our Sundays are going to be day games again. So it'll be a big kids day, post game base running, but it's also going to be our Sky Sox throwback day. So our players will be wearing Sky Sox gear. We'll deck out the park in some Sky Sox stuff and memorabilia that you guys all know and love. Um, and I think that's going to be one of the most exciting days that we have this upcoming season. That's awesome. In fact, Trevor and I were talking about, you know, I love matinee games, but but uh, then again, I don't really work for a living. I just 
<laughs> kind of run my mouth hole on a uh, microphone every now and then, but there's some about matinee games that are just fun. And uh, if you're bringing those back on Sunday, I've got to think that that's going to bring a lot of people. Most definitely. Yeah. Sundays, I mean, as a kid, you'll always remember going to those Sunday day games. You get to run around in the sun, play on the, run the bases after the game. That's, that's something all those kids know and love growing up. So bringing that back is going to be huge. Give me an idea of some of the promos that you're going to do because you said you're going to change things up a little bit. Yeah. So we're going to bring Thank You Thursdays back. So all of our military members will get the free tickets on Thursday night games, which is really awesome. It's sponsored by Veterans United Home Loans of Colorado Springs. So that's a new sponsor we're bringing on this season. Um, they're great. They're really excited and they they have a very good connection to our community. And we're just going to strengthen that together with them. We've got beer specials on Thursdays as well. We'll do a bunch of different themes, such as Uranus again on our Saturday nights. And then, of course, those fireworks. We have Fourth of July this year, so we'll have a huge fireworks show on that night, too. Now, the other thing that you're doing too, as we were talking a little bit earlier, is uh, the strategy to kind of branch out to other communities is in full swing as well. Give me an idea of what you're doing with uh, that strategy. So we're doing a lot of different things. We're definitely branching out down to our the towns and cities around Colorado Springs, just because we're all one big community here. Um, one big one that we're reaching out to is Pueblo. So right before the season starts, we're looking to have an exhibition game down in Pueblo, actually the weekend before opening day, just to bring out that community, show them the vibes and give them a little bit of taste of what we've got up here in the Springs. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, that's, yeah, that's really reaching out, having an exhibition game down there. Any idea who you guys are going to play or is it going to be someone that's going to be uh, up here for the opener? Um, Yeah, it most likely will be a team from our league. We're still working on that one though. I guess there's, it's hard to kind of scout out the other teams this early in the season, but uh, have you been kind of seeing what the other teams are doing? Um, I've seen a little bit, a lot of uh, returning guys coming back to a lot of teams and then there's a lot of new guys coming in. So a lot of names I haven't seen or heard before. So that's going to be interesting. Hey, as long as we beat Grand Junction, that's that's all I care about. Right. Yeah. They rebranded this offseason. So they're going to come in with a whole new look and everything. I don't know if we really have a rival or not. It's either uh, Northern Colorado or Grand Junction. I have to think that's going to be uh, some of the main uh, rivals, so to speak. Yeah. Yep. Definitely those two. I think the NOCO is that fun little battle of the I-25 and then Grand Junction's the, the West versus the East for us. So it's always a little fun. Yeah. That was a great series last year. But uh, anyway, you've got some new people that you hired on in the front office as well. Give me an idea of what we can look forward to this year. Yeah. So we have a brand new chef and food and beverage director. So our concessions are being completely flipped. Our catering meals and the and the banquet side of things and our suites and sky boxes, all of it's going to look different this year on that side. And I'm so excited because we've had some tests come in and, and it's been delicious and I cannot wait. <laughs> oh man. You need to call me when you get those testing days. I'll, uh, I'll grab Trevor and head on down the mountain. It's like, hey, we're going to go get some free food. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It has been delicious. We had pretzels the other day and then popcorn came in and then oh, it's going to be a good season. I'm definitely not going to lose any weight this season. Oh man, I was going to say, my, I can feel my waistline expanding as I just think about all this kind of stuff because uh, I think, isn't there an all you can eat kind of thing going on as well? Yeah. So our, um, it used to be the picnic terrace. It's the Coca-Cola courtyard this season, just because Coca-Cola came in and kind of was sponsoring that. That's that all you can eat buffet, all those fun things. And they're all really affordable. It's not like you have to spend a couple hundred bucks to eat as much food as you want. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's our main motto here. Well, what else have you got going on? Well, wait a minute. Let me go. Let me back up here. We've got a new um, media liaison. Is that the right uh, term? Uh, Tyler, Tyler Peterson. Yeah. So he was our um, broadcaster last season. He kind of stepped on a little bit more to take over a few more roles just to help out. And he has done phenomenal with that. Yeah. That's amazing because uh, Dean knows a lot about baseball and he comes in with a tremendous amount of experience. And then, uh, wow, he found 
found a home with the Rocky Mountain vibes. That's kind of cool. Yeah, he's phenomenal to work with. He has such a high standard level that I just really appreciate and point to. So it's it's always nice to have those those beautiful press releases coming out multiple times a week. Yeah, that's less work that you have to do because you're uh, you're juggling everything from working on the field <laughs> after the seventh yeah. inning last year. You're kind of like Ricochet Rabbit all over that park. Oh yeah, I do. I jump around. I want to get that full experience. <laughs> what are you looking forward to the most? To the most uh, at this point, I just want to be able to stand out in the sun and watch baseball in the warmth. But uh, I, I'm excited for the theme nights because this year they were ones that I got to kind of come up with and I'm really putting all of my time and energy into those. So they're really kind of my creation. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Now, kind of tell me what the team is doing right now. I mean, they're, do they have any kind of like spring training or practices? How does it all come together? Yep. So they'll come out in May, early May for spring training and get some work in there, start doing some media stuff. That way, come May 27th, we are ready to go and the graphics on the video board look perfect. You know, it's going to be May before we know it because uh, as much as I've been hunkered down in the bear cave, the time has gone by pretty fast. It has. We're down to just 95 days until opening day and it is going quickly. You're in that window where it's uh, crunch time where things have to really come together for that opener. Yeah. Yep. Uh, come April where the ballpark weekends are going to be busy with different events and graduations and all those things. So we're, we're pretty much in the full swing of get ready for opening day. So speaking of which, what kind of events do you have coming up? Because I know you've been running events all during the wintertime because I see the posts all the time and there's been all kinds of stuff happening at the park. But uh, what's coming up? Yeah, we've got a lot. We're kicking off our reading program. We'll have our fan fest coming up. We'll do some Easter events at the park. Um, St. Patty's Day, we'll be in the parade downtown for that. And then I think Relay for Life is coming up soon. We've just got a lot of community events that we're going to be kind of focused on in the next few weeks, handing out some tickets and our pocket schedules will be coming out soon and all that fun stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that you guys are so involved with the community because that's really what uh, the Springs has been needing because uh, a lot of people honestly didn't even know about Vibes Baseball until last year. Definitely. The COVID and rebrand and everything was was kind of a, a, a little step back. And so we're in full swing now and we're pretty much trying to be at everything as possible just because we love our community and want to be involved in it. And I mean, I moved here not even a year ago and the community accepted me so quickly and got me so involved so quickly. And it's just been phenomenal. Yeah, that's because you guys are killing it every week. I can't say that I had a, a game that I went to, even if we were losing, that I didn't enjoy myself. That's what I am here for, and I'm glad to hear that you feel that way, because that's that's my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're uh, you're party central, that's for sure. I try. <laughs> All right, Kay, well, uh, one of these fine days, maybe before the opener, we can get you into the Bear Cave, and uh, we can uh, maybe interview Diego, you know? I don't know. He doesn't talk too much, though. Mm, I know. He could, he was a little talky this morning. He's wandering around the office right now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely uh, dog-friendly here in the Bear Cave, but uh, Kay, I appreciate you taking some time and uh, I really look forward to the season opener and uh, talking to you some more. Yeah, it's been great and I can't wait to talk more baseball. Me too. All right, Kay. Well, you have an awesome day and uh, we'll stay in touch. All righty. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Well, we got that baseball infusion finally and uh, I'm so excited for the season to start. I can't tell you how much uh, good stuff is coming from the Rocky Mountain vibes and all the people who are working so hard to bring us baseball. When we come back, it's story time of sorts with me, as my producing partner Michelle Roselle is feeling a little under the weather today, probably because she's working so many hours up there in that Cripple Creek merch store. But uh, anyway, after that, we are followed by the big news with our field producer, Trevor Phipps. So don't go away.
Are you tired of gambling? Or maybe gambling just isn't your thing? Then you need to come visit the historic Butte Theater, located in the heart of Cripple Creek, Colorado. Enjoy our classic melodramas, Shakespeare of the West, musicals, comedies, and our community's favorite Christmas show. The Butte is fun for the whole family. So get your tickets today at thebuttheater.com and come join in our fun. Welcome back to the Bear Cave, and right now it's story time of sorts with me. That wasn't very nice. Well, right now we are in that time of year where the legislature gets together up in Denver and they start passing laws, I guess. And right now, after talking to our field producer, Trevor Phipps, there are some 600 laws that are being proposed for the state of Colorado. And uh, I'm guessing that two thirds of those laws are probably unneeded as usual. But 600, get your head wrapped around that for a second. And there's somewhere between 60 to 90 days still left for these legislators to come up with more needless laws like, uh, oh, roundabout laws and things like that. I mean, do we really need 600 more laws in the state of Colorado? But anyway, I uh, found an interesting story that kind of dates back into history because you know that we, uh, we love history here in the Bear Cave. And this is called the Great Denver Squirrel War. And the subtext was... Were there some innocent rodents executed? Hmm, interesting. Well, historian Phil Goldstein included in his book, The Seamy Side of Denver, the nearly forgotten 13-year edict by the city council that created what some call the squirrel shooting squad in the police department. A councilman in 1943 declared that squirrels in his district attacked birds' nests and created other atrocities, such as making too much noise. He was able to get an ordinance passed for several districts that would declare any squirrel a public nuisance who engaged in such crimes. Could this be that this councilman laid the groundwork for stupidity for the years to come here in Colorado? Maybe. He goes on to say, anyone seeing a squirrel doing wrong could call the police. There were protests that some of the rodents may have not been offending creatures but were killed without a fair trial. Attempts were made by Mayor Ben Stapleton to veto the law but it remained on the books until 1956. How many well-behaved squirrels may have been shot during those days along with the culprits? Who knows? It was about that time that the acclaimed traffic engineer Henry Barnes established a mid-block traffic lights to control speed on the one-way streets. They were soon known as squirrel crossings. Yep, these were some of the grandfathers of stupid laws that are still being made to this day here in Colorado. Boy, who knew? Anyway, moving on. As everyone knows by now, the Ice Fest in Cripple Creek is going on in full swing. And if you haven't been up there, I really encourage you to do so because some of the artwork that I've seen up there has just been amazing. And uh, I had a chance to talk to one of the carvers, Stan, who uh, we never were able to really connect with. We were hoping to get him on the show, but uh, he's the guy who carved the bighorn sheep and uh, the big ice carving that says state animals on it. And since the time I saw it to what it's done now, he's added a few more items to that display. It's one of my favorite displays. I'm not trying to say that the other ones aren't fantastic because they really are. 
But anyway, the point being is that you can go by, talk to the ice carvers. They love to talk about their work and uh, tell you how it's all kind of done. There's no secrets here. It's just, uh, it's an amazing festival. And also, if you park at the Heritage Center, there's also an art show going on there. And you can catch a shuttle that'll take you down into where the ice festival is being held on Bennett Avenue. So you don't have to drive because I can tell you last weekend when I was up there, that place was packed and it was awesome to see. So Get yourself up there. Enjoy the uh, ice festival. I know it's a little cold out there, but that's the whole point, right? Carvers love it when it's cold. Just have a good time up there. All the stores are open. All the museums are open. There's plenty of things to do up there. So uh, make your way up to Cripple Creek in the next few days. Yeah, the weather may be a little bit cold, but uh, bundle up. You'll be fine. Next up on the Bear Cave Hotline is the big news with our field producer, Trevor Phipps. Trevor, what's happening today? Oh, not a whole lot. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Hey, man, have you gotten up to the ice festival yet? No, I have not made it up there yet. Yeah, you need to blaze up there and see what's going on. Yeah, I plan on checking it out sometime this week. But uh, just before you came on, we had Kay Goodell on earlier, so it's uh, we're getting closer to baseball time. And uh, man, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for baseball. Yeah, me too, for sure. Well, until then, what's our story for this week? Um, probably the biggest thing going on would be what happened at City Council last week. It was the kind of all this STR stuff, the referendum initiative and all that kind of came to a head last Thursday because it was on the agenda for them to decide whether they were going to repeal the Ordinance 1431 that established rules for short-term rentals, but allowed them pretty much in every residential area for 12 to 18 months. So that went forward to council because that petition proved to be successful. There was a protest on the petition. Now, I guess some community member protested and said that the petitioners were dishonest when they were passing around the petitions and they were misleading people they were getting to sign it. But Deputy Municipal Judge is the one who presided over the case, and he decided that there is no evidence to prove any of that, basically. So he denied the protest motion and therefore sent it to council to be considered. And when it came up on the agenda, they had public comment, and there is pretty much the same people that got up there. Yeah, I noticed that. That have been talking at every meeting. But most of them agreed that the council should repeal it and send it back to planning commission and basically start over from scratch. Um, and then when it came to city council, what I thought was kind of funny is council member Frank Connors, he immediately, without even letting anybody talk about it, he immediately was like, let's move to repeal it. <laughs> and so they... <laughs> So they moved to repeal it and they voted unanimously to repeal it. And then after that, they the city clerk asked that they talk about their possible next moves. And then as soon as that came out, Frank Connors, he tried to get them to postpone the meetings. He's like, I don't think we have enough time tonight to talk about it. We should move the subject to another meeting. And then Councilmember Robert Zulaga chimed in and he's like, well, I want to talk about options. So he brought up three options. He, he said that for one, they could do, the city council could do nothing. And that would mean whenever the moratorium up that it would just go back to the way things were. And then option two would be they could send it back to the planning commission. And then he brought up a third option was saying that the people that the petitioners, they could take an ordinance that they draft and send it to planning commission. But then Mayor Hillary LeBar kind of stepped in and said, you know, regardless, like pretty much all council could do is either choose to do nothing or choose to send it back to planning commission because they couldn't really give an ordinance to planning commission. Like that would just have to be the planning commission's move. 
move. And then it would open back up the discussion and the public sessions so more of the public could come in. And then Councilmember Rusty Neal, actually, he had some decent input to say, and he was just saying that he hopes that the Planning Commission would take into account everything that's happened up until this point. It's like, I don't really want to start from scratch now that we've heard opinions of the council members, opinions of the public for like hell, the last year or so, it seems like it's been going on. It's funny that you said that Rusty Neal actually had a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I get what you're saying. You know, this is like Groundhog Day. I mean, I think you're right. I think this has been going on for at least a year. And every now and then on social media, I'll see a new post come up, but it's an old post. You know what I mean? It's the same old subject. And it just starts spinning people up all over again. I mean, this is such an emotional issue right now. Yeah. So city manager Michael Lawson stepped in and said what they were planning to do was to hold a work session of just council. So they just Decided to bump another work session they were going to have. So on March 2nd, next week, they're going to have a work session and talk about the next steps, the next moves that they can make. You know, I think ultimately what's going to happen is going to come down to the vote of the citizens in Woodland Park. And if the petitions were any kind of indicator of what's going to happen, then I think they're going to vote it down. And it could even backfire on the people who are in favor of a short-term rentals because they could just vote it or put a measure in there that says we're banning them all outright. So, you know, this is far from over. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it, what's most likely going to happen is that the council is going to send it back to planning commission. And then this group of petitioners, they're going to try to write an ordinance and send it through planning commission and get it pushed up and get it past the city council, which is pretty much going to ban non-owner occupied short-term rentals in all residential areas. And then they will probably recommend setting up a license process and do similar regulations and guidelines like they have. And then that probably won't make it through planning commission, probably won't make it through council. And then when that doesn't happen, probably this summer, I could see the petitioners petitioning to get something put on the ballot that outright bans short-term rentals and residential properties. Because when I talk to that group, that's that's what they want. They're not really going to stop until they get there. But I don't see certain members of the council bending on it and just letting that go through. So if I were to try to predict the future, I would say probably this summer we're going to see another movement because it's not going to work out how they want it to. The petitioners are going to put out another movement I think they only have to get about the same amount of signatures and it might be more to actually put something on the ballot. Yeah. But whatever the case, they'll have the numbers because they'll have like 90 days to do it as opposed to the 30 that they had. So 90 days in the summertime. Oh boy. They'll be able to get something put on the ballot. So I can see, depending on what happens with council, it kind of depends on a couple people whether they'll flip and try to ban them. But I don't think this group is going to be happy until they get something passed that outlaws short-term rentals in residential neighborhoods. And there's a chance with the numbers they have, there's a chance that they'll win an election. Well, like I said, if you have 90 days to do that, I bet they get twice as many people. And I think the whole climate of Woodland Park is to just ban them. I mean, if you have a short-term rental going on right now, then fine, but there's not going to be any new ones and we're just going to ban them from here on out. I don't see going back and banning everything 
that has happened up until now. Well, when we say ban, though, I mean, that's they do want to ban them in certain areas. But even this group is saying they still are going to allow owner occupants. So if you rent your basement out, if you've got a cabin in the backyard, you can rent that out. Right. You can rent an extra room out. You can still do stuff like that. It's They're trying to get rid of the out-of-state investors that come here and buy properties solely to use these short-term rentals. And then they never even see the property. And that sort of thing. No, I get it. That's kind of the case next to the Bear Cave. I mean, this person I know for a fact owns at least five properties in the Woodland Park area. And I've seen the guy maybe twice. And uh, I guess I'm lucky because I've, I've only had maybe two or three incidences that I would consider, whether it's fire or whether it's feeding animals or encroaching on other people's property. Even so, it's only going to take that one time because people come up here and they just don't care. I rented this place for the next week or so and, and I can do anything I want to do. And uh, I think that's what people are most afraid of is uh, that one time. It only takes one time. So I don't know. We'll see where it goes. And uh, again, this is just a big revolving door that's uh, got no end in sight, it seems like. Right. But uh, anyway, well, I guess uh, as usual, like we say, we'll keep our finger on the pulse and see what uh, the city council comes up with. But uh, uh, I'm with you. I think ultimately what's going to happen is that it's going to come down to a vote and uh, the voters of Woodland Park are going to decide what they want to do. But uh, yeah, we'll see. One thing I want to point out is because I did a broader article for a different news source I work for that kind of talked about this issue across the state. And Woodland Park's definitely not alone in having this problem. And there have been a lot of municipalities across the state that have imposed similar bans for having STRs in residential neighborhoods. So, you know, when the proponents use property rights and all this and all that say why they shouldn't be banned. Well, you know, it's not like Woodland Park's the only one trying to do that. Right. In Colorado Springs, for example, you can't have non-owner occupied STRs inside city limits. Manitou, they set a limit on it, but then they, they've had a moratorium. Um, places like Steamboat is outlawed. There's even counties in certain mountain towns that have placed bans and place restrictions in unincorporated parts of the county. That's a big part of uh, the Woodland Park area, too, is there's unincorporated places there are counties. So I think the county commissioners really have to take a look at this and, and make some kind of a decision on what they're going to do. Yeah. It is becoming a problem, and it can't be ignored any longer. It needs to be addressed at some point. Yeah, for sure. And when I've talked to the county commissioners about it, they told me they're basically sitting back and waiting to see what happens in the municipalities like Cripple Creek and Woodland Park before they decide what they're maybe going to do for Teller County. They gave me a figure maybe this spring that they were going to look at it, but I don't think there's going to be anything finished, at least with Woodland Park by this spring. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, boys, that gives you eight weeks to chew on it and come up with some kind of a solution. And, uh, well, I'm not going to hold my breath on that one, but uh, anyway. Councilmember Catherine McKay actually brought up was that, you know, if you send it back to Planning Commission, great, but something needs to happen because the moratorium expires, I think, at the end of May or June. They have a moratorium on licenses. Right. So they need to take that into account this next week when they're talking about the steps to take because if they send it back to Planning Commission and start from scratch, then they're going to 
have to extend the moratorium because they're not going to be able to have it. That process is going to take longer. The council basically decided, well, you know, we'll deal with that moratorium when it ends, when it gets here, May. But I thought he brought up a good point to consider because if everybody thinks the answer is to just send it back to planning commission, well, then we're going to have to bring up what we're to do with the moratorium. And I think, you know, there's kind of a lot to it right now. But like you said, I don't think it's an issue that's going to be going away. I personally think it's going to come to April 24, where it will have to be decided through a vote. Yeah, I agree as well. And and waiting until May till it runs out is not the answer either. You got to nip this in the bud. But um, eh, anyway, I'm I'm over it. Well, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, moving on, we've got some uh, some sporting news coming up, and it sounds like the Panther basketball team, both boys and girls, are doing fairly well. Yeah, I found out, it, and it's hard to understand. They recently changed how they do the playoffs in most high school sports. But when I was originally looking at the Woodland Park girls basketball schedule, I didn't think they probably had a good chance for postseason play. They ended 12 and 8 overall, but they ended with their league 7 and 7, and they were in eighth place in their 4A, 3A tricky tweet. But when I was talking their coach, Craig McCarry, early on in the season, he was telling me that in their league, they have five of the top five teams last year, or in their league, so they have basically the most competitive league in the state. So, probably, you know, that would be given their eighth place, but pretty sure the way that basketball works now, boys and girls, is that they have a district tournament, and the top 32 seeds out of each of the eight districts gets to play in the district tournament. The top eight from the districts play in the state tournament. So, so both the teams made it and are playing in the district tournament. Monday, February 20th, uh, was the girls played Florence for their first playoff game, and they smoked them 86 to 20. Wow. They earned the right to move forward, so they will be traveling away to St. Mary's. But St. Mary's is 16 and 3 versus Woodland Park's 12 and 8, so we'll see how that goes. And for the boys, the boys actually start their playoff. They play Carter Springs Christian School on their own. Which Carver Strange Christian School is 14 and 5, and with the Woodland Park Boys team finished 13 and 6 this year overall, but they're 10 and 4 in their league, and they got fifth place in their league. That's pretty competitive if you look at those records and uh, compared to Woodland Park, because they pulled out a squeaker last week against Manitou. I think they won in the last second with a uh, three pointer. Yeah, they won by one point, 57 to 56. Well, doesn't get any better than that as long as they're moving forward. The boys have actually won their last four games. So they're going into the playoffs on a winning streak. That's good that they have the momentum going their way. And uh, like I say, one point or ten points, win is a win. And uh, we wish them good luck in moving forward. Yeah, for sure. All right, Trevor. Well, uh, hopefully you can get up there to uh, Cripple Creek this weekend. And uh, I may see you at the Ice Festival. You never know. Yeah. All right, my friend. I appreciate you coming in each and every week and uh, delivering the news and keeping us in line with uh, what's going on here in Woodland Park and surrounding areas. So uh, I guess we'll see you again next week. All right. You have a good day. All right, Trevor, thanks a bunch. Talk to you soon. That was our field producer, Trevor Phipps, talking about the big news. And uh, as always, it's not going away. It's all about short-term rentals down here in Woodland Park. But when we come back, it's news of the weird and find out who meets Dozer on the bear pile this week. We'll be right back. Are you having a hard time seeing out of those dirty Colorado windows? Or maybe it's just time to finally clean those sidewalks, garages, and those stains on services around your home and office. Well, now there's a solution and it's Peak Washing LLC. 
Veteran-owned and operated, Peak Washing LLC is your mobile window cleaning and pressure washing solution. Their services range from residential jobs to commercial projects using a safe and environmentally friendly approach. Peak Washing LLC can also clean and sanitize heavy construction equipment. There's virtually no job that Peak Washing can't handle. So call Greg at 719-651-7518 or find them on their Facebook page under Peak Washing LLC. That's Peak Washing LLC, your solution to that dirty job. Cave. I'm your host, Dennis Zerl, and once again, it is time for News of the Weird. This week's headline reads, Can't Possibly Be True. Well, it is. Jesse and Dee Dee O'Dell of Tulsa, Oklahoma, normally spend around $10 for their Starbucks coffees. But on January 7th, their bill was a whole lot more. A few days later, after visiting the Starbucks, Dee Dee tried to use that same credit card at the mall, and it was declined. Then, this is what the couple discovered. They discovered that Starbucks had given itself a $4,444.44 tip on their $10.90 bill. What? Wow, that's a good return. I'd like to have that money. They then contacted the district manager who said there has been an issue with the network. Well, obviously. And they received two checks to cover the enormous gratuity. But both checks bounced. Oh, boy. While they are waiting for the replacement checks, they had to cancel their family vacation and their tickets, which are non-refundable, said Jesse. So a Starbucks representative said new checks are on the way and the mistake was caused by human error. Really? Well, I guess that explains why some of the baristas showed up wearing those new shirts and pants the next day at work. You know, some of my friends wonder why I don't go to Starbucks. All I can say is we will save you a special place on the bear pile. Each week we nominate a person, place, and or thing that should be tossed on the bear pile to be eaten by the bears. This week the person, place, and or thing to be tossed on the bear pile to be eaten by the bears is... 13-year-old wannabe Artelisha Boykins. Yeah, that assistant basketball coach or putting on her big girl pants and slithering into a girls' JV high school basketball game. Yeah, nice going, Artelisha. Now, I wonder if they won the game. Yeah, who knows. The nominations this week for the honor of swan diving onto the bear pile are... Number one, repeat offender Sniffy Joe for fleecing the people of the United States in order to champion the pensions of his newfound state of Ukraine. you got to be kidding me. This is almost as good as paying off student loans, right, Sniffy? Yeah, the question everybody wants to know is where the hell is all this money coming from? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll just raise the gas price or maybe food cost taxes. Yeah, they'll never notice. Hey, uh, Hunter, pass that pipe over, will you? Number two. Balloon head socialist Bernie Sanders for making money using capitalist principles while talking about socialism. Hey, it worked for Vlad the Impaler. Why not Balloonhead, right? 
And number three, the Tulsa, Oklahoma Starbucks for giving themselves thousands of dollars in tips because they spelled one name correctly on that paper coffee cup. If I was the Odell's, I would ask for cash and, of course, free coffee for life. Yeah, free. You shouldn't have to pay for that bitter swill anyway. Well, that's it for me this week, and boy, what a week it was. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Abode Real Estate, The Butte Theater, and Peak Washing LLC. I want to thank my guest, Rocky Mountain Vibes Director of Marketing, Kay Goodell, for giving us the update on the upcoming Vibe season. And boy, we are excited because we are counting the days to the home opener. It'll be here before you know it. And to my producing partner, Michelle Roselle, we hope you get to feeling better. But uh, I know that she's going to bounce back quickly and she'll be doing her thing up there at that Ice Festival merch store. So if you get up there, and you should, stop by and see her. And if you mention the Bear Cave, she may give you one of those coveted Bear Cave stickers for your sippy cup. And as always, thanks to our field producer, Trevor Phipps, for bringing us the big news this week. If you have an event coming up or you want to be a sponsor of the show, you can reach us on our Facebook page, This Week in the Bear Cave, or our Instagram page by the same name. And I say this every week, you can send your hate mail to thisweekinthebearcave at gmail.com. You can now access the show on Spotify, Anchor by Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, RadioPublic.com, or wherever you get your podcast. Or you can just go to the Facebook page and follow the link from there if you prefer. Our not-so-celebrity guest next week is going to be Bernie Sanders. We want to know if he is going to pay taxes on all those ticket sales and book sales that he's getting right now. Oh, sorry. The bookseller has to do all that since they're in charge. Liar, liar, phantom fire. Oh, uh, by the way, Bernie, you may want to leave that balloon at home. Just saying. And speaking of which, Xi Jinping was supposed to come into the bear cave this week, but his general said it was too cold to fly a weather balloon over the United States during this time of year. I think he was just too scared to fly over Montana again. Well, just in case, lock and load, America. Until next week, be well and thanks for listening. Sweet dreams, Sam and Max. This Week in the Bear Cave is produced by Animus Productions, all rights reserved in perpetuity.